Radio time for the brunch talk. I can't thank you enough for keeping it RX Radio every Saturday. My name is Olive here to have brunch with you till 1 p.m. Seriously, there is no better plot than having beautiful conversations with you every Saturday afternoon. I really hope you're having a splendid day. So COVID-19 has changed life as we have always known it. Vaccination is the tune to which we are dancing with the promise that once this is done, government will fully reopen the economy, schools will be reopened, and in some cases, jobs will be retained. Now, I'm sure we all want the same things. We want to go back to life as we used to know it, right? But the big question is, must the vaccination be mandatory? Hmm? Having brunch with me today is Daniel Tumwine, a pediatrician, businessman, and also the brains behind the children's clinic, Nalia. Hello, Dr. Daniel. Good afternoon, Olive. Thank you for inviting me. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. You're welcome to the brunch talk. I know you don't like it when I call you Dr. Daniel. <laughs> yeah, because um, it's not a made birth certificate. So. <laughs> I know, but it is your profession. It's what you do. It's how we know you. I imagine if I went around calling everyone by their profession. Okay, yeah. so what would you call me? <laughs> Journalist Olive? <laughs> no, something like that. No, actually, no. Mass communication, if that's what you did. Mass Come communicator. On. No, no, no. If that's how we do it, then it would be <laughs> medicine, um, <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> so anyway, Daniel, you have been quite vocal about vaccination. Tell us why it's important to get vaccinated. Oh, specifically in COVID or generally in vaccine? Co- no, COVID-19. <laughs> okay, because I was going to talk about uh, diphtheria vaccine, but since we're doing COVID today. No, you've been uh, vocal <laughs> about the COVID-19 vaccination. Mm. And uh, for anyone listening out there, please mm. tell us why we should get vaccinated. Yeah, I think uh, other than fire and uh, making wheels, mm-hmm. I think uh, vaccination... Uh, man's greatest invention mm. um i think uh, because if, if we, 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 we don't really see it now but just like 80 years ago mm-hmm. and and going back in human history mm-hmm. uh children adults were dying of very very of what we think are very simple diseases now but mm-hmm. previously these were very serious diseases things like smallpox mm. things like uh, cholera like polio and uh, measles and stuff like that and so, with the invention in, in the late 1700s of um, of the first vaccine, um, which came through um, some guy called Andrew Jenner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've studied them, but uh, he he accidentally noticed that uh, milkmaids uh, never got smallpox, and uh, milkmaids usually go to cows which are infected by a disease called cowpox, which is a relative of smallpox. Mm-hmm. So, if you had a whole epidemic. Of people with smallpox, people who used to, um, to to go and handle cows never ever got smallpox, and he was very concerned. So he he hypothesized that actually it's important that something to do with the with the cowpox might mm. might prevent infection of smallpox. And in those days, smallpox was even more of a disease than COVID, more of a disease than HIV. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so. What happened was um, he made a bet on his life and his son mm-hmm. and infected himself and his son with the cowpox mm-hmm. and then gave himself smallpox and he didn't get smallpox. Oh, and really? So that's, that was the first vaccine. And so they used that principle to 
to, to make other different other vaccines. Mm. Yeah. So ever since then, um, specifically with acceleration of vaccine development in the, in the 20th century, in the 1990, uh, 1934, up to like the 1950s, that's when really, really vaccines really took off. Mm. Um, ever since then, many diseases have really decreased. And uh, smallpox was eliminated. So, for example, the last person to have smallpox, I think, died with a Somali boy who died in 2012. He got it in 1977 when he was still a young boy. So we don't have smallpox thanks to vaccines. Okay. And uh, if it wasn't for for some guys in Nigeria, mm. um, there are some sheikhs who believed that uh, the Wazungus were out to kill them using polio vaccines if it wasn't for that mm. as of today uh, the be. world the world would not be having polio okay. and so vaccines um, are very very important invention and and of course they they are followed by um, uh, anti-vaxxers they are people who up to now even from the early years never believed they thought that vaccines are of the devil mm. and even today we have a lot of them but I think um Generally, vaccines are the most important invention in medicine, but also probably, as I said, after fire and making the wheel, mm. <laughs> they are the third most important invention of mankind. And uh, and yeah. So in simple terms, people need to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, because um, specifically the, we are blessed because there are very many different types of vaccines, even those which, which are not COVID. Mm. And... Um, the ones which are not, not COVID, for example, if you if you have a child and you give them, you, you vaccinate them at birth, you usually vaccinate them, vaccinating them against TB, for example, it's called a BCG vaccine. It only it's only effective for two years, and it only prevents severe disease. It doesn't stop you from getting TB, and it's only effective in like sixty percent of the time. Okay, fifty sixty percent of the time. Now we have new technologies. Um, in terms of vaccine development. And so we have these vaccines which have come up and like in almost 90% of the time, they more than 90% of the time, they prevent severe disease. Mm. And we don't know how long the how long the, um, the immunity lasts for, um, but it's still there and quite robust against severe disease. And so it's very, very important that all of us, as far as possible, if we can, get vaccinated. Of course, there are people who we are, who can't get vaccinated. Mm. Uh, people, for example, who are undergoing chemotherapy and cancer. Some people who have what we call primary immune deficiency diseases. These are, they're not like well what? known. Like HIV? No, that one's acquired. Acquired. So there's primary immune, meaning you're born with a low, with a low immune system, and sometimes it can be an issue once you are given a vaccine. Specifically, if that vaccine is is um, it's a weakened version of the disease, which in Uganda, the ones we have, which only have weakened versions are the Sinovac and the Sinopharm, the Chinese ones, but they're still as effective. Mm. But the others like AstraZeneca, and the Pfizer, Pfizer, the Modernas, those ones are good. Mm. Yeah. So ideally, you want to get everybody vaccinated um, who is who is able to get vaccinated. So that if you have a larger proportion of people who are vaccinated in any community, there's what we call herd immunity. So it's like a young calf is, is is more protected when they're hidden in the herd vis-a-vis mm. -vis if they're left out of the herd and then the lion looks at them and then chases them. So so the vulnerable ones are protected. Those who are not unable to be vaccinated for medical reasons. And then, yeah, you... You, you won't have as many people being vaccinated as possible. So be that as it may, what's your opinion about vaccine mandates that many countries have adopted? 
Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> there are many levels of discussion that you can have. So first of all, what is a mandate? Mm-hmm. Is it a unique thing? It's not a unique thing. For example, when you're driving a car, you are mandated to wear a seat belt. No, in this yes. case, <laughs> we have countries that have moved that uh, if people want to have jobs, True. access uh, areas mm-hmm. like restaurants, like hospitals, and even um, many things that make life easy, mm-hmm. they must provide vaccine, uh, what others call vaccine certificates or vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, that, that's a very difficult thing because mm. I can probably put my foot in both in both camps, mm-hmm. um, but not to be on the fence. But I can understand my vaccine mandates. I was actually going to say there's a difference between a, a mandate and a compulsion. So there's compulsory vaccination, for example, and then there's mandated the man- one. Okay, yeah. I think so, my, 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 my point of yeah, contention uh, is the compulsion. Yeah, no, to be, to be asked, no, because you see there is being forced to being vaccinated mm-hmm. whether you're going to work or not you're still going to get vaccinated mm. then if you if you have a mandate it's like look if you still want your job for us here we only take vaccinated people mm-hmm. which is pretty different because if, if you get so public health is very important and so is so are individual freedoms mm. um, but however for me I believe that our individual freedoms should be very strong unless they have an impact on public health so for example if you have a disease such as maybe like an STD. So, for example, if you have HIV and then there's mm. an HIV vaccine that comes up mm-hmm. um, and then we say, you know what, go and uh, get vaccinated or go and use a condom, let even use a condom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have laws which says when you have sex, you must have a condom. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you will you lose your job. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you want to use a condom, that's up to you. If you want to get vaccinated against HIV, that's up, that's up to you. Because your, your, your decision ideally shouldn't affect the public health. Mm-hmm. Ideally. Now, when you have certain diseases which are life-threatening and which are easily got. So, for example, if you have measles, mm. okay, you have measles, uh, children are going to die of measles, and then you're a teacher, mm. and you don't want to be vaccinated against measles, and then you, when you go and teach these children and you pass the measles to them, that's an issue. So are you trying to say that uh, COVID-19 is as lethal as measles? Yes. It, <laughs> so, and, and, and now this is a different argument. Yes, actually, because see, the thing is, um, COVID-19 and measles, mm. both of them are very infective. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're not as lethal as, they're not as lethal to the individual as as Ebola. Okay, so, mm-hmm. uh, so so if you get, if you have Ebola, mm. the chances of you surviving is 40, 30 to 40% without a vaccine. And now we have vaccines. The same Moderna type of vaccines of Ebola, they just got introduced in 2019. But anyway, so if, if you get, if you get Ebola, mm. you probably die 60 to 70% of the time. Now, the thing is, when you get Ebola, you're not going to go to the the tunambole mm. you're not going to go to church you're not going to because by nature of that disease it will keep you in your bed because you're going to be bleeding to death you won't have enough energy it is not like you're going to walk around um you're not going to walk around uh, asymptomatic mm. that's one of the bad things with covid with covid okay that's one bad thing with tb that's one of the bad things with measles mm. because the measles not so much but generally the first times you are more or less Asymptomatic, and that's what makes COVID deadly. And that's and so people concentrate on the statistics of number of death mm. or percentage of death of a person. So, for example, if I get COVID, um, you find that um, if I'm a healthy gentleman, 
oh, okay, let's just say the death rate of COVID is say 2.5% because that's usually the average of, of many countries. Okay, mm. what that means is that for every person who gets COVID, 20% of them are going to get severe disease, but 2.5% of them are going to die. Mm. But because COVID is such a easily transmissible disease, and like Ebola, so Ebola, probably 50 people are going to get Ebola in Kampala City if it comes here because mm. of the way it's transmitted. So the but, main focus here shouldn't be on how many people are dying of COVID, but how many can be affected. No, no, no. no. It should be on how many people, because we are now we are now discussing public health. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you that a disease like Ebola, if you get it, you are most likely going to die. Mm. You're more likely to die than survive. If you got COVID, you're most likely not to, going to die. But because millions and billions of people are going to get COVID. Mm. So 2.4% of a billion is it's much higher, is much, much higher than uh, the, that the number of people who are ever going to get COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. Ebola. So that is why COVID suddenly becomes a public health issue. So for example, if, you, if, you, if none of us were masked, none of us practiced social distancing, none of us were immunized, and we all got COVID, we are most likely to, to transmit it to 10 different people, especially the Delta variant. So mm-hmm. meaning that by the end of the day, you would have given it to 10 different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with measles. That's why that's why it's very, very contagious. For someone like Ebola, you're most likely to, to give it to probably 0.8 people. That's why the people who die in, in Ebola most times are health workers. Mm. The community itself is not too affected. Maybe health workers are people who stay with you in the same household. Mm. So the fact that... So you end up having more deaths with COVID mm. because it will affect more people, even though, and I've had people complain and say, why are we on COVID yet? It only has a 2.4% fatality rate. Yet other infections have a higher fatality rate. Yeah, but you see, you, you, you sitting next to me and you have malaria, you mm. won't give me malaria. That's true. Okay, And then me, I'll go to my grandfather and give him the, the, the COVID the that you COVID gave. The COVID-19. So that's how it becomes a public health issue. Mm. And that's how it becomes deadly. Mm. And that is how you suddenly say, you know what? Um, it comes a time when you need to protect the community more than the individual. And that's how you end up on my side of the argument saying (laughs) we probably require some people to be a bit serious. Mm. So that's when vaccination becomes mandatory. That's that's the argument I would put because you see when when you're in a public health emergency of which we are because Mm. we are in in an epidemic or a pandemic because it's global but in our setting we call it an epidemic but it's pandemic you cannot be you cannot be business as usual. That is why we closed schools, number one. Why did we close schools? To prevent uh, transmission. Okay, we hold closed. that thought. <laughs> hold that thought because actually I have things that bother me when it comes to the closure of schools. But when we come back, Dr. Daniel of Children's Clinic Nalia will be telling us more about vaccine mandates, the need to have uh, to be vaccinated against COVID-19 and many other things regarding the disease. Don't go away. RX Radio. RX Radio.
Welcome back to The Branch Talk. I am hanging out with Dr. Daniel Tumwini of Children's Clinic Nalia. My name is Olive and today on the menu, vaccines, COVID-19 vaccination, should it be mandatory? Dr. Daniel, here with me, is going to share more on that. So, Dr. Daniel, just last week... Uganda's parliament agreed to limit access to the premises to those with vaccine certificates. Isn't this forcing people to be vaccinated since places like parliament are a source of a livelihood? <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. Uh-huh. Um, it, it. If it is for the better good mm. of the community. I, I, by the way, one of the things is I'm very, very, very pro the individual rights. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for example, I can never force anybody to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, if, but, w- but when if, you, if, uh-huh. if, and there's a caveat, unfortunately, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, if your decision to get vaccinated is not going to affect or put someone else's life at risk. So that, that's really the main, the main issue. So I work here. Mm. And uh, if, let's say, my boss decided that for me to keep my job, I must be vaccinated, isn't this an abuse of my rights <laughs> as an individual? Because the job I do, I have no, like you, a doctor, you have access to patients. You should be vaccinated it's also to protect abuse of my them. Rights. It's also abuse of my rights. <laughs> but to mm. a degree, you need to protect your patients. Why, what if your boss has a heart condition that you know nothing about? Or or you or, or me who has come to be to be have, to, to have a conversation. <laughs> so I think I, I think that's what I'm saying. You, you can you can see both arguments, mm-hmm. but until you say, okay, you know what? I think the the rights of the community might have to trump mm-hmm. the rights of. It's the same thing as wearing a seatbelt or drinking alcohol and then going to drive. You have a right to drink alcohol and going to drive, but you're putting some other driver's life at at, at risk. risk. Mm. So the idea really is, and this is where I, I keep saying. Um, as long as whatever it is that that we're doing, uh, is it so bad? For example, for me, I don't mind if you if you're not vaccinated for HPV. Mm-hmm. Okay, HPV is what causes cervical cancer. Mm. I will tell you, you know what, Olive, you, it's a good idea that you get vaccinated for HPV. If you don't, your chances of getting cancer of the cervix are quite high. Mm. You can say no. Hey, good, that's your ish. Patient autonomy. Your decision will not kill me. It will not kill my neighbor. It will not kill my child. It will mm-hmm. not put anyone else at risk except you because you have, you have an, I'm assuming you are informed. Mm-hmm. Okay? You've made that choice at an informed level. So I have no issues exactly. <laughs> However, if a vaccine for TB comes on, mm. okay? And right now we know that there's a lot of TB that is resistant to medication. Mm. And so TB is almost a life sentence death. And me just hanging around with you in a confined space for like mm. 15 minutes, I'll probably pick TB from you. And if there is a way to prevent TB, I would probably want you to, to do that. And by the way, studies have also shown, you're right. Um, yes, doctors in many hospitals cannot see patients if they don't have an influenza vaccine, if they don't have hepatitis B vaccine. Why? Because I might get hepatitis B and spread it to the patient or the patient might, might get it. I can't do surgery without a mask. Mm. Those masks, if you remember, don't prevent you from picking the illness. It prevents from you from, from spreading. spreading. It. Because the person in front of me is vulnerable. Mm. Okay. So why is it okay for a doctor to be vaccinated to vac- against yeah, COVID? Against their right <laughs> and their human right. And, and these are, or, or they are all. So you, you have to make a choice and say, you know what? If the consequence of not vaccinating is high mm. and, it's, and it's going to really lead to 
death, uh, to death and, and danger to vulnerable people. people. Yes. Then for me, the the, the rights, price the rights of those of yeah, your the human rights should be. Your human rights should be what small. It's a small price to pay. It's not a small price to pay, but it's a price <laughs> to definitely pay because your human, your rights are not inalienable. Okay, they shouldn't be if 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 they're going to put someone's danger, unless it's your right to life. <laughs> I mean, that's what I think. I, personally, and this is now we're entering the realms of philosophy hmm. and, and now running away from medical arguments. That's what I was going to say at the beginning that you know you can look at this from a legalistic point of view. Mm-hmm. For example, if you look at the Ugandan law, mm. um, it's illegal to employ someone with an STD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, you, it's you, illegal. you read the Public Health Act, huh. okay, chapter 281, which I was reading, and I think I even posted something on my Facebook. Am, am I allowed to say that to advertise that? No, but, I uh, <laughs> no, I understand but, why. No, but I'm just mm. Mm. Uh, when I was getting my former job, they used to do tests on us. They would check for HIV, pregnancy, and other ailments. Okay, no, but no, but in <laughs> form of a public health, mm. it's not it's not mandatory. Okay. It's not legally mandatory. Well, they would just tell us to go have checkups. Yeah, yeah, that that could be like a bylaw for their own company. Mm. But for for legally, we have a very outdated public health act, and Mm. it talks about smallpox. It says, you know what? Every Ugandan must vaccinate against smallpox within the first five years. Mm. Oh, sorry, first one year. Mm. And that every Ugandan who enters Uganda must either show proof of smallpox vaccination or be vaccinated of smallpox within two months. Okay. So you can see now those are legislated for, and because in those days, smallpox was a big thing. Mm. Okay. And, and, and it was mandated. And that's how we end up eliminating it. If you go to the UK and you have children, you must show. You must show proof of vaccination of certain illnesses. When you're entering Kenya and you're coming to Uganda, you must show proof of yellow fever vaccination. That is okay. a mandate. Now, here is it's this. the same principle. Uh, for okay. you for you to enter your workplace, you must show proof. You could show proof of, or to enter parliament, you mm. can show proof of vaccination. Just like so, to come it's to okay Uganda. to close people out uh, because they haven't shown proof of vaccination. I, I think I'm you, still stuck because, uh, like, there are countries like Britain, mm. they have made it mandatory for care home, uh, for care, care home and he- yes, and health workers mm. to get vaccinated. Mm. But they have put an option that mm. if you do n- oh, not for the health workers, other people like mm. from other fields mm. have been given an option of at least taking tests mm. weekly. Mm. Why isn't that being put on the table for Ugandans? Why are we being asked? The same Ugandans just- who say that tests are 200k per <laughs> per test you try that and we see so and vaccines are free uh-huh. the issue is this olive there are consequences to every decision mm. okay no one is going to stop you from drink driving well mm-hmm. they will uh, if there's a kawunyemu somewhere mm. okay but there's a consequence if there's an accident mm. you can't say ah, you know what it was my birthday no there mm. was a consequence mm. now um because if you look at other countries, and including Uganda, by the way, but the Uganda is, is pretty okay because the government has said we're not going to coerce you. Mm. Okay, if you listen to what the Minister of Health, Minister of Health says is you know they, they, because you can do carrots and the, and the stick. Mm. So right now, the Minister of Health, for example, is doing the carrot. Mm. Okay, they have talked about the Uganda guys asking them, you know, the the Kabakas and everyone asking the Uganda to do what to get to get vaccinated. vaccinated. And the turn-up was impressive. And the Kabaka did not threaten anyone. No. Yeah, and neither has the president, neither has... You know, so, mm. Yeah. Do, are you sure you want to say that? Yeah, so... He has said that no. if uh, teachers don't get vaccinated, they should forget about their yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah, But you see, it, there is no... there is. You see, there is... 
<laughs> that's not threatening. That's there, are, there are other companies. Uh-huh. There are other companies where you get you get threatened. Okay, and, but if and you just, tell me if I don't get vaccinated, I should forget about my job. That's a threat. Yeah. What more threat do I need? <laughs> <laughs> so there's coercive vaccination. Okay, there is have, that. Have you been to China, for example, where they say 90% of what children in your ward must be? When I mean ward, I mean in your, in your area, parish yes. <laughs> must be vaccinated, mm. and then they use. Uh, and then they use all these uh, military people to come and get you vaccinated and then the man no, has the man has reached his quota so okay? that's coercive so, or forceful <laughs> yeah coercive so it's coercive so there are different means mm. relatively to be frank relatively the government has been has been has been relatively okay mm. there are other countries where it is really bad you get vaccinated and we don't talk <laughs> you know mm. and like for example in the, in, in other places you, you they remove your you know your access to to healthcare because they say, you know what, you don't want to be vaccinated. So when you fall sick, why the hell are you coming? And, to our um, Yeah, and be treated. Yet you had the option of getting vaccinated of get, yeah. and turned so it down. So generally, there's very little consequence. Generally, I'm not uh, as a society um, from from in Uganda. Generally, I'm not saying individuals when you're talking about teachers. I'm, talk, I'm talking about just generally. Mm. Okay, for example, we know that there are some doctors who have want to get vaccinated. Mm. I haven't seen them being thrown out. Okay, but as I was saying, um, personally, I'm for I, I am for individual choice on vaccination. Mm. If there is no consequence, that is going to lead to someone else dying. Do your do your thing. Don't get vaccinated if you really think that measles causes autism, and uh, and you fail to see the evidence otherwise. That's your thing. Mm. Okay, your child gets measles, you 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 sort yourself out. Okay, but. If 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 the consequence of you not vaccinated for measles is going to mean your child gets measles and then they go and give another nine month old measles, that's an issue to me. Mm. Okay, it, it, it shouldn't trump your individualism. And this, as I said, is a, is at a, is a philosophical point of view. At a, so as I said, there's a medical point of view, which means medical point of view is get vaccinated. The to data get vaccinated. The data is there. The vaccines are the vaccines are useful. Okay. They are very, and, very effective. That's a medical argument. And the human uh, human rights argument? No, human, that's the thing. <laughs> at, at a philosophical level, it depends. What do you mean? Are you going, do, you? I, do you want to have... Should your human rights trump other people's rights to health? Ah. I don't mind if you're going to go to Tahiti mm-hmm. and retire there mm. and it's a desert island and you don't want to get vaccinated and you're not going to affect anybody else except the DHO man who brings you food. We are good. <laughs> but if you're going to come and then you're going to be, the, as you said, the teacher, you're going to be with 45 of my kids. Mm. All right. And, you, and you're, the, you're the person who's spreading COVID in the community. You're the super spreader because because you don't want your rights to be trampled. Um, I think I think there is a problem. We can't go legalistic. We can't go medical. We need to say, you know what, guys? I think either we remove that person mm. or I remove my kids. Okay. <laughs> Actually, um, like I said earlier, there is something uh, about teachers and children and schools mm. that every Ugandan has been talking about. Mm. And when we come back, I would like us to get into it. You're listening to The Branch Talk. My name is Olive. You're awesome. You're awesome. I appreciate you. You matter for listening to RX Radio and to this show. In studio with me today is Dr. Daniel Tumwine. We will be right back. Let's go! RX Radio. Must 
you get vaccinated against COVID-19? That's the question today on this Branch Talk. With me is Dr. Daniel Tumwine. And if you have just joined us, my name is Olive. So, Dr. Daniel, earlier you talked uh, about a teacher being a super spreader. Potential to be. A potential super spreader. Mm. Now, Children, actually, experts have on several occasions said that children under 18 mm. aren't at a, a high risk of infection as people of advanced age or, or those living with uh, comorbidities. Mm. And yet, 77 weeks later, that's about 20 months since the first lockdown last year, our children are still stuck at home. Mm. Mm. Now, is it the children that are potential super spreaders, like the president says, or the teacher who are we protecting here and has government really done this right or they have backfired (laughs) (laughs) i don't speak for government (laughs) no you can have an opinion your personal opinion yeah definitely definitely no for so the thing was what yeah when i said that teachers are potential super spreaders i'm saying it in the context of um the teacher doesn't want to get vaccinated Mm. goes and sees 45 children Okay, mm. and probably spreads it to the forty-five children, and then the forty-five children go to forty-five different households. So, so that's they become vehicles. So the children themselves can also become vehicles for, for, oh, for, for of transmission. For yeah. Mm. Um, is it wise for the schools to to still be closed? It depends on what your goal is. Okay, because you if because you need to understand what your goal really is, or what the president's goal is. And the goal is because to your have goal, <laughs> your, your goal may be different from the president's goal. The, according to the president, the goal is to have at least three hundred and fifty thousand teachers vaccinated. No, 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 no. no. So, so, so that's a, that's an objective. So, mm. at the end of the day, what? Then what? Because oh. the, the, are you planning a to to be like New Zealand and eliminate COVID to zero? But they failed. No, okay, so that's, that's what I'm saying. So it depends on your goal. Mm. So if, if if my job is to make sure that I completely eliminate COVID from Uganda, mm. then then continue the lockdown. They should continue locking us down until we go to zero. If mm-hmm. that is your objective. But we all know that that is almost impossible. Well, New Zealand and Australia have failed. They tried, but they failed. No, actually, New Zealand is still trying. Are I they think, still uh, locked down? Because uh, no, uh, no, Australia no, no, the issue decided is, no, to no, open. No, there are two things. As mm. I said, it is about goals. So mm. New Zealand and China mm. are the two well-known countries whose goal is to have zero COVID mm-hmm. in their countries. Mm-hmm. And that is why... They are very vigorous when you enter those countries, if you enter those countries, mm. okay? Because their goal still remains zero COVID in New Zealand, zero COVID in China. If your goal is manageable COVID, you know what? Um, let's keep COVID down. Let's vaccinate people mm-hmm. so that even if we open up, it, it will be there, but it's simmering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then there, you don't need to open or you need to open when the vaccination levels are high enough. high enough. Okay, so that's another goal. Mm. Then the other goal might just be, you know what? Yeah, Ghana. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> learn to live with this thing. Uh-huh. Okay, that could be Tanzania, which never closed anyway. Mm. Or what Boris Johnson says. He's like, look, are you going to close us for 40 years? 
Mm. We open, we open, we open, and we see what happens. Just it's the same thing with Sweden; they never mm. really closed. Okay, so it depends on what your, your overall your goal, goal is. is. Then you use your public health tools. Then mm. you say, okay, you know what? Uh, public health tool number one: really, let's make sure that we protect the NHS. Mm. That's that's Boris's thing because you know the NHS wins votes. So if you keep repeating the word NHS, mm. people will be tugged at the heart. Mm. So as long as the NHS is not overwhelmed, and that is really the goal for the UK. As long as the hospitals are not overwhelmed, overwhelmed COVID can be in the community. So here, do you think uh, the president is protecting the children? Because that's what he keeps saying. I, I don't think, and as I said, I can't speak for the president. <laughs> I can only hypothesize. Yes. <laughs> my only issue is that my issue is that people made a lot of noise. Um, people made a lot of noise at the last lockdown mm. because they found cases at the schools mm. and so cases at the school became a big issue you know why people made a lot of noise about cases at school what happened was that school owners or management phoned cases in their schools and didn't report them good okay. and they tried to treat the, the kids okay, themselves Olive, okay Olive you yourself have said mm. children under 18 when they get COVID nothing much happens to them they probably have like a mild fever they'll have a headache assuming that they had continued remaining at school for the for the next six weeks. Mm. All the cases would have gone. The children are now immune. Remember, if, if they're not been told to go home, mm. remember, if schools had continued and not been closed, mm. okay, they closed on June 12. Assuming they just closed, I can't remember the exact date. Assuming it was they, um, yeah, assuming yeah, it was, some time before June 18th. Yeah, assuming mm. okay, assuming it was June 12, mm. okay, or June 16th, or whatever day. Assuming the schools closed eight weeks later. Mm. The they kids would have had, had immunity already. They would have gotten well, remember? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Remember you have said children don't get COVID badly. Yeah. So they would have gotten that uh-huh. and then they would have gotten immune. The point of contention for parents was that the children that got sick, the parents were not even informed. As a parent, I would want, if my child is sick, you let me know. Let me pick them, keep the others. Yeah, yeah, but you see, that's a, we, are, we are answering the question of, he didn't say when he do a good job. Okay, is he protecting on, 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 the children? On, children, on closing, children, uh-huh. closing school. No, he's actually protecting. He thinks, he feels he's protecting. The teachers. <laughs> the, the community. The community. Okay. And the reason is, to me... And and I can be f- f- uh, fried for this. <laughs> or, what, what is the word? Uh, Cancelled for this. Uh-huh. But for me, I actually think I would have said, and I've told people, you'd have let the kids fall sick. After all, nothing is going to happen to the children, mm-hmm. which is different from if if we're in the UK and you had what do you call these elderly people's homes? Mm, okay, mm. like nursing in, homes. Yes, where where people actually die when they get COVID. Mm. In schools, children don't don't die <laughs> when they right. get COVID. Actually, so, so even it's, in it's, Italy, most people that died were mm. in nursing homes, yeah. not children in schools. Yeah. So me, I would have just kept kids in school. Museveni did say one thing about it. He said, "Look, I would have I would have kept kids in school." If the vast majority of children were in boarding were in school, school. Mm. yeah, but you see, even at that level, um, yeah, kids can become super spreaders. But the thing is that right now, um, anyway, for me, I know no. This is the thing for me, and it's all hypothesis. Mm. The real cause of um, of COVID in Uganda had nothing to do with schools, had nothing to do with Ugandans not keeping SOPs. I know the real cause. <laughs> can no. I can I read your mind? 
Sure, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can tell me what the real cause is. I think sure right before we got the first case, the real cause was leaving the airport open. Yeah, okay, to me that was for, for India. Mm. Especially when mm. India was up in flames with the Delta. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I believe that ultimately once Delta came, because Delta is is almost three to four times more transmissible mm. than all the others, that was the issue. Mm. And because remember, even even before sc- schools were open, mm. the only the only schools which were really not open were the the pre primaries and also the lower P one and P two. I think that's right. But Basically, the schools had been open, and we still had low cases. If you look at, if you look at cases in late March, mm. early April, mm. when schools were also open. Actually, at some point, we had almost not zero, but extremely few cases. Yeah. That even COVID nineteen wards were being closed in certain hospitals. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, and with schools open, but even even now, COVID nineteen uh, wards, wards are, are cl- getting closed. So the justification of keeping schools closed for me, I don't get it personally mm. um yeah so i don't I personally I don't get why we should keep schools closed but i want to understand that we should me if if a child was going to, was at school and got covid that would have been okay okay so those against vaccine mandates also argue that the sensitization about the vaccines is wanting any suggestions on how this message about vaccination can be moved or delivered to the very last ugandan <laughs> Usually, people who are against vaccine mandates are usually the ones who said, <laughs> "I have researched and I know that that vaccine is bad." They are the ones who claim to be have read the most. To know it but, all. But you're still right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, although I don't believe it's the it's those are against vaccine mandates. Okay. I think it's more generally uh, conversation and sensitization against vaccine and COVID generally. Mm. I think could have really have done a, would have done a better job mm. in that sense. I remember when vaccines had just come and very many people are against vaccines. Mm. Um, many people were just saying, look, I used to go around town teaching and, and talking to people about vaccines and the need to, to vaccinate. And, and people would say, look, if somebody had, had told us this, mm. I would have been vaccinated a while back. So I think generally the information from the ministry and every other place is a bit wanting. Yeah. Mm. So, so how can they, what do they need to change? How do they deliver the message to? I think, so there's two things. There's both delivery and then there's the message itself. <laughs> so so both of them are wanting. Yeah, I think sometimes it's important. Like just what we're doing now is, mm. is a very good platform for, for engaging uh, our community. But also if you look at some of the media things that they're happening, um, that we have, uh, the television and the radio stations. Some of the messages that you have are really, really shallow mm. or, or mm, I can say generic. Mm. And um, we, I think we could do we could do a much better job as Ugandans in, in, in messaging them. And I think even them, they have noticed it because recently, even though I, I personally think we can still do better, I've noticed some improvements and some, and some change. I think somebody just went and told them, you guys, you're not being serious. No, this conversation has been there. Uh, probably someone listened eventually mm. because most of us would watch those adverts and those messages and we're like, really? Is this the best they could come up with? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, th- I think they they are styling up, but they still need to style up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Daniel, for sparing Mm. time to tell us more about COVID-19 vaccination. By the way, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I actually took my shots. (laughs) So you're safe. No, it's okay. As we we go, I just want to say, it's not, and I think we've been, we've demonized many 
people of the of society so there are two types of people who will not take and un- would not take vaccines mm. so there's the anti-vaxxers mm-hmm. that one even if you showed them god injecting him his own only son on the cross with the vaccine they would still refuse mm-hmm. um and then and then you have the vaccine hesitant crowd mm-hmm. and the vast majority of Ugandans are vaccine as, hesitant yeah because and it's natural and it's normal because when you see people on the on the TV saying that you know what I took this vaccine and I got a clot I need to know I get scared that's right, right. So, so they are vaccine hesitant they need to be given information and encouraged that actually this vaccine is extremely safe unlike the anti vaxxer who believes that there is probably 5G mm-hmm. uh, in that the vaccine these uh, mo- <laughs> pharmaceuticals are making money or they are, well they are but they're out to get you and everything like that that one even however much evidence and conversation you have with them mm. um, they will never change their minds so for me when I talk to people I always tell them I'm talking to the vaccine hesitant people mm. yeah and it's okay for them not to have been vaccinated because eventually as they get more information they will okay so this has been great thank you so much for having this time with me and i'm sure if anyone is listening and were a bit hesitant probably you have converted a few souls <laughs> they will mm, see the light <laughs> i don't know but yeah thanks for having me as well i think it's been a lovely conversation yeah it's been a lovely conversation this has been the brunch talk my name is olive i was hanging out with uh, dr daniel tumwine of children's clinic nalia by the way in case someone wants to get in touch with you or <laughs> how do they do that as a pediatrician as a pediatrician <laughs> yes <laughs> they go to children's clinic nalia mm-hmm. yeah okay do you have any social media handles where they could probably get in touch with you or a number as long as you have a search engine and you put their children's clinic nalia uh-huh. you will get to children's clinic nalia okay yeah. okay okay so i'm going to wish you a very beautiful saturday i am off to go and do other things interesting but nothing is as interesting as the brunch talk this is the highlight of my day you've been wonderful thank you so much for listening to the brunch talk for tuning in to rx radio every other day and every saturday you're amazing you're precious you're the mvp my name is olive i will catch you again next weekend on saturday till then bye bye here we go give me some of this give me give me some of this rx radio